Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast with Jason and John. Thanks again for tuning in on another snowy week for us here. It only snows in Omaha when we're getting ready to do the podcast. So, so every kid in Omaha apparently wants us to move our recording schedule to Mondays, right? Yeah, and I think the next one is going to be recorded on a weekday. So you're welcome, children of Omaha. Yeah, when you get a snow day, some throw some thanks this way. That's right. So, the usual start to ours. What are we drinking? What do you got today, John? I have Dr. Jekyll Pepper Elixir, referred to on the bottle as a devilishly delightful soda. And the reason I got this is because at times this season, our team has been like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. You're not quite sure which Maverick team you're going to get. But I picked this up at Mangelson's here in Omaha, so we'll give it a shot. <laughs> How is it? Fizzy? I don't know. It it doesn't have a lot of flavor. I mean, it kind of tastes like, you know, sort of like watered down cough syrup, <laughs> to be honest with you. There's some advertising for you. Yeah. But, you know, we'll drink this to see if we can get the uh, Jekyll and Hyde uh, kind of curse off of our team. That would be nice, That's especially right. with what we're up against. That's right. Again, this, this coming weekend. Well... I went back to, say, back to the hard liquor. Uh, the reason being, Patrick Newell is the top scorer for St. Cloud. And since we discovered that Johnny Walker seemed to work when we had our Arizona State Series, um, Patrick is from Thousand Oaks, California. And so rather than hunt down a Minnesota beer or something... I went with a drink that apparently California is known for called the Tequila Sunset. Okay. So for those like John who don't drink <laughs> and maybe don't know, it's orange juice, tequila, and grenadine. Okay. It tastes like they threw a bunch of stuff in a glass and I have to take it. It's not, it's not, I'll drink it. It's not my favorite, but... Is it a little it looks too pretty? Is it a little too fruity for you? It it, it kind of is. I'm not really. I didn't have my orange juice this morning, so I do like the fact that I get my orange juice. But... See, Bridget's a huge like Roy Rogers fan, so mm. Coke with just massive copious amounts of grenadine is like her thing. So, but yeah. So hopefully, so you're trying to are you trying to to curse Patrick Newell here? We're gonna to... we're gonna we're gonna try to sit him out of this a little bit, and maybe we can uh... nine goals and nine assists on the season. So. Yeah, that'd be it'd be good if we could have a, a Johnny Walker moment here. That that would be nice. It's gonna be tough, but they have a Noah. It's Noah Nolan Nolan Walker on their team, number twenty. Yep. I might have to go real quick and grab the bottle of Johnny Walker just in case. Maybe we can jinx two of them in one weekend. You think we can do that? <laughs> we might have to try that. I'm okay with it. I'll take one for the team. I'll take... <laughs> Well, there's also, you know, there's also Easton Brodzinski on the team. So, I mean, maybe we should have a ritual burning of an Easton hockey stick if you got one of those. Uh, I got an know. old one that's broken. We yeah, can... there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's the old uh, Forsberg curve, too, which is really, is it really? squared toe. Oh, okay. Uh huh. No twist, big toe hook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so now okay. we've moved on from our, our drinking segment into random stuff that's in Jason's garage. That's right. Let's talk about the games this weekend. We had Kara College 
boo, come into class. See, That's I'm right. from Denver. Like, I have no reason to like this team. Um, they came in. We got a uh, win in a we got a, a win in the shootout. So a tie for NCA purposes, but a win for NCHC purposes. Correct. And people people continue to get confused about that. So let's right. just say for the NCAA, the way it is is it's you know regulation, and then if it's tied after regulation, a five minute overtime. five on five. Five minute, five on five right. specifically. Yeah. And whatever the score is after that is the final total of the game. So for the purposes of the your overall, rankings that we can't say yet. Yes, for the, the purposes of the pairwise rankings and your overall record. You said it. I did say it. Connor, he said it. Yeah, Connor's gonna be upset, but that's tough. <laughs> so that's the thing. So the three-on-three overtime period, if it's tied after five and we're playing an NCHC play, then it goes to a three-on-three overtime period for five minutes. Right. And then if it's still tied after that, then it goes to a sudden-death shootout. Right. So that is done in order to award an extra conference points. If you win in the three-on-three period, you get an extra point. If you win the shootout, you get an extra point. Regardless, if it's tied after that first overtime period... So, for NCHC, just to clarify for all the listeners, for NCHC play only. Only in conference play. If you win in regulation, you get three points. Loser gets nothing. Correct. If you win in the five-on-five overtime, you get three points. Loser gets nothing. Correct. If you win in the three-on-three overtime or in the shootout, you get two points. The loser gets one point. One point, yes. Okay. So... And it only, the, the point totals only mean something in conference play. Right. So, yeah. Once it, once it gets past the five-on-five five overtime. It's a tie. For the purpose of NCAA hockey. It is a tie. It's a tie. Probably, there are probably many reasons for this, but it would probably make, I mean, you have to kind of reconfigure the pairwise if you were right. taking in another, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and RPI because you wouldn't have your RPI range. Yeah. the same. Because so that always confuses people because, one. you know, we'll be celebrating either the, you know, a, a win right. in the three-on-three period or in that shootout period. And then they're like, hey, we won the game. And it's like, well, no, we, we won the tie. Yeah. We won the tie. Uh so Friday we skate to a tie. They go to three on three. No one scores. We go to overtime or to the shootout, right? Right. And I, I saw this on a couple of the boards. So I think we should probably clear this up now that we've actually okay. seen it too, is that the home team gets to decide, are they going to shoot first or shoot second? It's kind of like college football overtime in the sense that both teams get the puck once. They both get a chance. Right. If the result is the same, either two goals or two misses, we go again. Right. One score, one no score, game's over, whoever scores. Right, whoever gets the the goal at that point. Sure. So I know from an NHL standpoint, when the NHL does shootouts and stuff, most of the coaches believe that it's best to go first to put the pressure on the other team to get that first goal sure is a is a significant i guess mental advantage so so i think gabs went that way and i don't know there was some disc like i could see gabnet talking to evan so i wonder if there was a little bit of the like you're a net you get to decide do you want to try to make the save first or do you want to 
Well, yeah, and it's, it's kind of like so. the college football over time where sometimes the theory is, well, if you put your defense out there first, maybe then if you stop them, then, you It know. gives your offense a boost or sure. something. Yeah, I think I kind of like that if that if that is, you know, if what I saw is really the way it, it kind of went down, uh, I think I like that from Gavinet because really the pressure is on Evan after Morelli went for, for UNO. Right. And the pressure is really on Evan after that point in time. Cause sure. If Morelli misses, you have to make a save. Yeah. Otherwise we're done. It's all on you. And I think there's more pressure on the goaltender in those situations than there is on the forwards on the, on the skater. Yeah. Cause I think the skaters, you know, they control the puck the whole way in and there's so much that they can dictate as opposed to a goaltender, which really is reacting to everything they see. Right. Yeah, it was it was interesting because the Colorado College player, when he was skating in, it was he kind of got the sense he wasn't quite sure what he was going to do with the puck. Yeah, I don't really know what. I, yeah, it would, I mean, I get the. I know. I, the I, we've seen that, that before. Yeah. Are like, why did he skate so slow? That was. I'm like, well, they do that. All right, I can say. I've done that, uh, and we were talking. I can't remember was it if it was us at the game or not, but we were talking about someone from UNO used to go like literally way out to the boards and skate straight that was, down. And that was, I believe, in. that was yeah. We were talking on uh, Twitter about that with uh, and, and recovering ops actually clarified that that was a uh, Jake Randolph did that when he did the yeah. shootout goals and that was a, there was a particular goal and it's on YouTube um, of him at Duluth where he went like way out and yeah it was kind of yeah. Kind of his little shake and bake move that he did, but yeah, sometimes they they do that and it works. It can it, sometimes, but not. It's a it's a patience place, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, Alex Tangay. I remember when he was uh, he was with Calgary. He used to do it for the Avs, but there wasn't that many opportunities to do it back in the day when he played for the Avalanche. But when he went to Calgary, that's when. The NHL had instituted the the shootout format to end games so that they didn't have ties anymore. Uh, and I remember he used to do, like, he cut, it wasn't really dramatic, but he did take a, a pretty cut line right. to the net. And his hands, I mean, he could just, like, outweight any goaltender. I mean, he got to the point where you're thinking, he's done and gone. He's behind the net. Yeah. And it's somehow he can, uh-huh. like hang it off the far post and in and it's so yeah if you're yeah. gonna be clever like that you got to make sure you know what you're doing so you have to have pretty good hands too oh absolutely um, i thought it was interesting in the press conference morelli mentioned that that he was a little he was a little surprised that he got the nod he said that the guys in the we went to practice and we saw them end right. the session of practice this way where they did some breakaway kinds of things sure and uh yeah, he's like, yeah, it's usually the guys like Tyler and I was going to say, it would have been really interesting and... to see what Tyler did on that. Yeah, but he's, I tell you what, Mason Morelli, um, one of the seniors who's had a really good a month. Good the last month has been good. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was kind of interesting to see. Smart now, kid, he knew he was, he knew that his play is a shot. Yeah. And so he's going to take a shot and he went in just, you know, find his spot and then pick sure. his spot. Um, and I think that's the. The difference between them. I mean, sometimes you want the guy that has the hands that can make the moves and yep. and, and 
jive with the puck, right? Where sometimes you just need the guy that's going to go in, find an open spot, and and just and put the pick puck it clean. And, yeah, put the puck on net. Yeah, yep. Yeah, so it was a very yeah that that game was that game was a completely interesting game because the first what first half of the first period we looked like we were going to roll. Oh, for like 10, 11 minutes of the first half, I'm yeah. we're up two nothing. We're looking really thinking, good. We feel comfortable. We've got their number. It's going to be awesome. And then and then was, they get a goal late in the they got a first goal period. Late. Yeah, Colorado College did, and that, and they kind of controlled play the rest of the way. Yeah. Yeah, we seem like a different team after uh, Burke scored on the power play. Yep. I well, and we'll get. I don't know, maybe this is when we get into this. The refing. Because that was one of those calls that I'm like, it's just not right. It's just, it was a terrible call. And there were a lot of those terrible calls. Now, I know Bridget posted this link on the MavPuck Facebook group. And she also put it on the message board. But the NCAA changed its procedure regarding major penalties this year. Right. So can you explain that a little bit for us? So... The rule change, as it's written in the NCAA, is that when a player is, when you're ejecting a player, it's the discretion of the referees as to whether or not they want to use video review to determine whether or not right. that is warranted. Okay. So the referees still have the ability to see the play on ice and say, nope, that's it, you're ejected, for whatever reason it is. You know, okay. It seems like most of them are saying... It seems right, like they're if just. We're gonna make this call on this kid. We're gonna go back and take another look just to be absolutely. It sure. seems like they're just def- They're going to. That's kind of become the right. what we've seen early this season so far is that that's kind of the default position is we're just gonna review if if Let's if in doubt look. we're gonna review. And I'm okay with that part. I don't right. know how you feel about it, but for me, like I think you know these kids are are developing and and things happen and. Sometimes, you know, it looks worse than it really was. And I, I see this a lot with the head contact thing. And we saw this last season a lot. And I think that's part of the reason why they brought it in is that they they throw a kid out for contact to the head. But then when you watch the replay, there was no contact to the head. It's right. just the way the head moved in the check that made you think that maybe they got hit in the head. It's it it def, it's a difficult thing to say. I mean, I my personal thing is I would rather have fewer replays because I think it hurts the ebb and flow of the game. Or put them on a time limit because some of those things are really they go on and long. on and on, and you're just sitting there and and I I just worry that the default could potentially be to you know err on the side of you know calling a five minute major or worse just. The thing that I have the biggest problem with is, and, and it happened to us, it, it's happened to us multiple times, but it right. happened again on Friday. Uh, there was there was normal run-of-the-mill contact in front of the net. Right. And after the contact, the Kara College player had fallen down. And I'm watching, I saw it. I don't know why I was looking in that area at that time, but I was lucky enough to see that he fell. He came down pretty hard on his shoulders and his head on the ice. Okay. Okay. And he's laying there. Uh, it was really interesting. Evan actually came out and I, yeah, I saw that. Evan came, Evan I did see that. Yeah. Evan CC came and kind of waved at them because he, he was down on the ice for a while, right there, kind of right. in the slot area. Right. Yep. And so that was 
that was pretty shocking that Evan came out and, you know, signaled him like, you have to get out and take care of this kid. Right. So there was no call. I mean, play had gone on for a while. Yeah, play had gone on. He was laying on yeah. the ice for a while. Yeah, no, he was, yeah. Both teams had possession. Uh-huh. And, and you'll see that during the ebb and, of, ebb and right. flow of a game. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, so all this goes on, and they blow the whistle, and then all of a sudden the refs are going into the box to review something. And I'm like, you <laughs> what, didn't call a penalty. Yeah, what are we reviewing? Like, what, are, what are we looking at? And see, that's the one that I have a problem with. Because right. if we're in this position now where referees can essentially overrule themselves and go into the box and take a look at a play that you originally didn't think there was anything on. And then luckily they didn't say, I mean, they didn't come back and and give anyone anything, but if they had, like if they come out and said, Oh yep, no, now there's a penalty. Like that's just wrong. Like that's not the reason for video review. Video review is there to say, we think we saw something. Let's confirm that what we saw was there. You didn't see anything. Why are you going back and looking for something? No, exactly right. And I mean, I think, I just think it it has the potential where we just start becoming nitpicky about everything and micromanaging the game. Right. Too much. At the end of the game, people are coming, you know, at, the, at the end of the day, not at the end of the game. At the end of the day, people are coming to watch hockey. They want to see that ebb and flow. Right. They want to see a good back and forth game. They Ultimately, they... I prefer to watch even strength hockey because I think it's more interesting a lot of times than, you know, watching your team on the power play or the penalty kill. I would like for them to preserve the integrity of the game as opposed to, it just seems, I just feel like a lot more stuff has gotten called this year. And I don't think, you know, our team suddenly became a bunch of goons. I mean, how many player ejections have we had this season? Four. That's crazy. I mean, that's something you rarely see. That's a season for us. Yeah. I'm sure. That's something I, you rarely, you feel like you rarely see throughout a season. And it just seems like we've seen it a lot already. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of things that to me, I think are, it, it's, it's lopsided. Uh, it was Arizona state, right? Right. When they, when they ran Evan. Yeah. And I went back and looked at the video of it and the guy comes through the crease Elbows up into Evan. Clearly, his elbow hit Evan in the head. Right. So why didn't we go back and review that and eject that player for contact to the head? No, it's hard because as they're as they're dealing with this, you know, rule right. change, it starts to feel arbitrary, and then it it starts to make your play. I you know, I think it starts to make your players a little bit more Hesitant, gun right? shy or. Yeah. or or they start overanalyzing too much what they do, and I just think it affects the psyche of the team. And again, I'm not blaming our success or failure on the refs. I'm just saying. Well, but Friday's an example of where the referees, I think, were too involved in the game. They were too noticeable. In the result of the game. Because even though we were a little bit more on our heels in the first period after our two goals. Right. We were still doing pretty well. We were. And... When, so what led to the power play goal for Cairo College was the tripping call on Conley. Right. Which, this is one of those things, like, if you're going to use review, this is one you need to use review on. Because it's very clear that the goaltender, the Cairo College goaltender, had lost his, his stick. His stick was kind of, it wasn't in his hands, it was laying basically the side of the net, right? Right. And... The 
Conley takes the puck away, the Cairo College player steps on his own goalie's loose stick and falls down, and Conley gets the penalty. I know. And it, it was obvious. It's like, crazy, watch yeah. the video, and I'm sitting here going, I was watching it live going, that's not tripping on us. I, uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, and it's just, and and it led, it led to their goal. It gave them life. It, it, it well, gave them think, a chance. Like and, I said, I think it's, and again, the NCAA does this stuff because, you know, they want to protect players. Right. Keep players safe. But it's like anything, you know, it's, like the old adage goes you know the road to hell is paved with good intentions i mean it's just it's it's one of those things i just feel like and you and i are not people because i know both of us because i've you know had conversations with both of us right. and i can tell you we are not people who tend to get really high or low on the officiating during a hockey game but i just feel like it's become more of a factor this season and and not in a good way yeah i really don't like it I don't like it when people just kind of the go-to thing is the refs suck and that's why that drives me absolutely and, nuts. No, like, no, no, they're they're playing the they're playing the game. The most of the time, I would say it's the players on the ice that are the reason why you win or lose. But this this weekend is the first time I can remember where I've said, quite honestly, the referees are probably more the reason that we had trouble. And I know that no one else will say it. It's right. one of those things like you're not going to have any of the players and coach Gavin and Sonic can get up there. No, and they'll, they'll be very, and say anything about they'll it. They'll be very diplomatic about it, but I agree with you. And I, I'm hoping that as the, the season kind of wears along that things will kind of, you know, sort of settle down a little bit in that regard. But I just, you know what I'm saying? It just, it, well, it's, it's odd. We talked about this. Cairo uh, college came into Baxter arena as the second most penalized team in the country in both number of penalties per game and the amount of time that they spend in the box per game. Right. And they only take five on the weekend. I know. They were averaging more <laughs> than five a game coming in. Right. Like, I'm sorry, but it's just not... I cannot believe that they suddenly figured it out in the few practices that they had leading into our series. No. And there was plenty that should have been called. Right. You know, Saturday was fairly lopsided. Unfortunately, Kyra College came out hot. We, you know, Evan kind of needed to make some some beyond routine. I wouldn't say amazing saves, but right. they weren't routine stuff. And there were a couple that he probably should have stopped that, that went in, unfortunately. And, and Kyra College jumps out to an early four goal lead and it was hard to us hard for us to recover yeah that. and when we really just we weren't passing the puck well I and mean, there's a lot of stuff that we weren't doing well it was like like we said after that first period on friday they kind of right. got they kind of got sloppy again and and started to make some of the kind of mental mistakes that they and then in the third period of saturday's game that's when i really kind of like these refs are just clearly i don't know if they're not paying attention or if they're just focused on other things but there's two instances where I thought you had a chance as a referee to make the right call, which is number one, there was an there was an, a scuffle on the ice between a couple players. Right. They were pushing and shoving. It wasn't anything major. I mean, the linesmen had come in to try to, you know, separate the players and stuff. Two Colorado College players came off of the bench and over and into that scrub. They were pushing, they were shoving, they were involved. 
Okay. They had eight players on the ice at that point. In time. I did not. I did not know. I was not counting players when I was looking yeah, at the ice. Yeah. See, no, and point. most people like it's it's not a big deal because you come on for the change. But the rules specifically state that you cannot come off the bench and get involved in altercation. It's right. an automatic game misconduct. Right. Those two players should have been thrown out of the game, and there was two of them. It wasn't just one guy that come off the bench. Okay. And it should have been obvious when they finally got the team separated that hey, there's more Kara college players here than there are UNO players. Maybe they should have. Maybe they should have looked at the video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we don't we don't review those things. Yeah, exactly. And then the other one was with I don't know. We had, we had just got the goal. We were six three at that point in time. Right. Uh, what, it was probably about forty five seconds left or something. Yeah. And challenged the puck over in the Kara college uh, side. And the puck goes out of play into the bench. And one of the defensemen for, or one of the forwards for Colorado College reaches over onto the ice. He's on the bench. He reaches onto the ice and he grabs the face mask of one of the UNO players and pushes him into the boards and then onto the ground. (laughs) And I'm thinking, how do you not, like, you're... Everything is over there. You have to be looking that direction. How do you not see that the guy on the bench is involved in the altercation on the ice? I don't know. And again, I don't know. I, like I said, it just it's affecting the ebb and the flow of the games, and I'd rather they let the kids play. Uh, or either let them play and let some of this, some of the ticky-tacky stuff go and, right. and really call like major stuff or... Go the opposite direction and get to the point where you're calling every little thing and get them. I do them not to want them. to see that kind of. I don't I, that's, see, that's what I, I feel like they're trying. I don't see a North to, Dakota Duluth game where there's 56 hour oh penalty minutes. Gosh, but I, I mean, feel like that's what they're trying to do now, and it's it's like I said, it's killing the integrity of the game. Let's just play hockey, Link. Yeah. Now, obviously, in this series, you and I had both picked sweeps that did not it didn't work ultimately to work. come to fruition. Do we do we at least count ourselves as halfway there since we won? In well, I'll tell you, Bridget Bridget all last week was saying I think it's going to be a split, and I'm like, but we just swept Arizona State, and she's like, I know, but it's an NCHC team. NCHC teams are different. NCHC competition is different, and she was right. So we we almost had the we almost had the split. It was a tie, but we yeah we you know for all it felt like we had the split, but there were some good performances on the weekend. Particular Friday, Riley Alford's been good the last. He, yeah, he's a he's definitely a guy to shout out right now because he's he's playing some good hockey. Uh, he's really upped his game this season, and and I've been impressed. Yeah, and Olson and Morelli's line, uh, at least Olson and Morelli have been. Yeah, you know, consistently producing, which they really which have. I know is something that that Coach Gabinet needs. Is Absolutely. some guys that you can kind of rely on. Uh, he started the weekend putting Conley on that line. Yeah, and I did. think that's good. Uh, I like Ward on that line better, and I know Saturday we had that. I like Ward um, on that line mainly. So on Twitter, I can refer to it as the Mo line, <laughs> the M O W line. So yeah, he did have Conley on Friday. Yeah, he started off on Friday night. I do like that the Mo line. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully they keep that together. I mean, uh, Olson's goal. Ward was uh, an assist on that. Mason's uh, power play goal, Ward was an assist on that um, on Fridays. And so I think that, I think I like Ward on that line better. Yeah. Not anything against Conley. What I really want to see, and part of the reason why I wonder if we're not seeing it is just because maybe coach doesn't think that 
either that Conley can play center or that uh, Weiss is ready to play center. You want to see Weiss on a line with Spinner. I want to see Weiss. Uh, my preference, if I was, you know, here, Jason putting his coaching hat yeah, on. Which from Coach his Jason is going to give um, us his uh, thoughts on this. I would put, I would put. Weiss and Spinner on the wings and put Connolly in the middle. I've seen Connolly take face-offs. Uh, I think that he can do it. Yeah. I wonder about his mental, you know, is, is he going to mentally stay put on the defensive zone or not? That would be that would be my concern if I was Gabnet, but I think you can coach him up on that. I think that'd um, be, I, that's, that's I a really intriguing line, actually. I like yeah. that idea. Yeah. If the creativity and the, and the puck handling skills of Weiss, you have... We've got to get Spinner out of this funk. Like, he's just... He's a great he's, player. I know. Yeah, and he's better than what we've seen, Absolutely. I think. And almost, I think... I don't know. It looked like he had a little bit more jump to his step on he Saturday. Did. Yep, definitely but did. But I think that putting him with someone, you know, with the vision and then the creativity that, that Weiss has could, could really help that him could out. And I think that the... the Conley brings, even though it's his first year playing for UNO, we always have to remember that this is not his first year. Absolutely, in, in college hockey. he's an experienced player. Yeah, and that experience I think could help bring Weiss along. I think yep. that could really help Weiss develop as a college hockey player and as a hockey player in general. So, if he's never told me he listens, but if Coach listens, put it together and see if I'm right. And he's he'll, if he listens, he'll never do it now. But I know he'll never do it. He's and you being the you know the, the the president of Tyler Tyler Weiss's Weiss fan, fan club. club, yeah, <laughs> you want to you definitely want to see. It. Yeah, you're <laughs> the one so far, and only. If guy. you want to join, and we'll put a link in the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is he TylerWeissFanClub.com? <laughs> he signed my poster. He did. You you finally got to meet him at the. Uh, uh, at the meet the, the dinner with the Mavs, yeah, yeah. Dinner so with the Mavs. how about we ter- meet let's the Mavs transition game. to that? Do you have anything more in the game before we transition to dinner with the Mavs? No, it obviously it didn't go the way we wanted to. Yeah, Friday night was fun. Saturday night was Eesh, it, it felt it felt like the October Mavs again. Yeah. But like Gabinette said in the post game presser on Friday, it'll kind of be one step up and two step back, back back yeah. with the team. Yeah, we can and they have that. to they have to play a particular way. So yeah, but anyway, Thursday night we went to the meet the Mavs dinner. Okay, at Anthony's Steakhouse. We you guys did. were there. We, uh, you know, you uh, it was a buffet meal, and you got a chance to uh, sit at a table with one of the players. Our player was a uh, senior goaltender, Alex Blankenberg, from Michigan. A neat guy. A lot of fun uh, getting the chance to talk to him. He gave us some insights on the team. It's kind of fun talking yeah. to the seniors because they've been here for the for four years. You know, they know that their time is uh, is coming to an end, and so I, they're just. I think they're. They always seem really appreciative when they get to that point. And they in made there. it through the change in coaching. Yep, absolutely. That's always an interesting perspective on the team. His brother plays for Michigan, so that kind of uh, that kind of maybe reminded me of the old CCHA days for a UNO when we would play them every year. But but they lost to Michigan State. They did Go lose State. to Michigan. Yeah, I, Michigan State was one of my favorite trips when we were in the CCHA, so I didn't mind seeing that at all. Yeah, I just so. thought it was Kevin Newbauer is now going to like he's going to stop listening now because I just. Yeah, he's voted he, for Michigan State. Yeah, right. he's, he's not going to be happy about that. So yeah, Sorry, so it was, it was a fun time. Yeah, so it was a fun time. The Blue Line Club put on that event. It's the first time they've done an, an in-season dinner with the players. I know they had been talking about doing that as a way to try and get fans who couldn't come during the work day to be able to come in the evening. Uh, the next one, I believe, is February 28th at Anthony's Steakhouse. So that'll be kind of fun to to see where the team's at at that point. But uh, what did you think about the event, Jason? I thought it was, you know, not, we're not 
Blue Line Club members, we need to remedy that. You'll have probably. to join, yeah. Um, Bridget, to... Bridget, Bridget is a lifetime member because she was named Volunteer of the Year back in 2001, 2002, so... Well deserved. Uh, so yeah, we'll have to we'll have to talk off podcast about what I have to do to fix that. Absolutely. Uh, but well, actually, maybe you should just tell us, tell us here on the podcast, tell everyone who's <laughs> listening, how do we become Blue Line Club members? I don't even know. You can find out more information by going to the UNO Blue Line Club's Facebook page. So search UNO Hockey Blue Line Club on Facebook, and they'll have information there and. Uh, and is there can, a fee? Is there a cost to it? What's the? There is a fee. You have to join the UNO um, UNO's one fund. You okay. have to do a, a minimum donation level, and you kind of put me on the spot. So off the top of my head, I think it's a minimum of fifty dollars. Okay. Per year, but okay. don't don't quote me on that. You know. I'll, so there's a fee. It's say sub a less than a hundred, less than two hundred. I mean, you can you can donate more if you want. Well, you can always do more, right? Sure. Are you looking it up? I am looking it up. <laughs> All right. So I think that I think it was a great event. I think it's a really nice format. I know they apparently they used to do luncheons and, and the dinner format is kind of a new thing. I have to say I kinda of, I think I would like that. I like the dinner format better. Um, I was surprised at the turnout. They had a really, really good turnout. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they had more people next time. Probably. So get your tickets now before they're sold out. Yeah, have you, you guys didn't get your... We didn't get February tickets. So February 28th, I think we said. I'm trying to remember. I think there was a pre-sale, and Bridget was able to buy both of them for um, a dollar amount off together. But you missed mm. that. Apparently yeah, we must I'd... have missed that, because when I went on, it was... I mean, it was the same if I bought both dinners or if I bought one dinner, it was, I mean, there wasn't any difference in, in it other than the extra ticket costs. So, um, so the format was nice. We got to sit at a table. We're going to, you know, get a nice dinner. There were some fundraising things and, and we got to bid on some stuff and a raffle. So that was nice. And, uh, coach had some good words. Um, Mason got up there and, and had a nice talk and, you know, I like the, the, the fun atmosphere of it too, to see them like, gag on the uh was it coach was he kind of joked about bringing up one of the freshmen uh cotton butyl and yeah. uh making him talk and i thought that was that was kind of <laughs> nice to see like a lighter side of the guys it's kind of fun because we we only see them in the you know kind of the arena of competition so it's nice right. to be able to see that yeah i looked up the one fund here minimum one fund fifty dollars to 249 dollars that's not too bad no so fifty bucks can get you in. You can be a Blue Line Club member. Yeah, and I think when you sign up, you can uh, designate if your if your money goes to the general one fund or if you you can specify it to go to hockey. Hockey. So yeah, we would yeah prefer the hockey. Yeah, yeah. we would definitely prefer. So yeah, it was a it was a really nice event. Um, looking forward to it in February. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It was fun. It was yeah. fun to get to interact with the players in that uh, that kind of a environment. We'll have to find a different player at the table at yeah well i know you will 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 you know who i'm looking for yeah i know i we know yeah we know you want to sit at a player with a or t- player you want to sit at a table with tyler we so yeah, yeah well. <laughs> this kid is gonna like he's gonna hate me yeah <laughs> so I, he's gonna be like thank god i gotta purposely that guy. avoid sitting at your table so 
We had a segment we forgot about last week. Yeah, and a number of people were like, what happened to that segment? And I didn't think anyone would really know. Quite honestly, we forgot. We only did it once, and then we missed it. And I thought, oh, well, maybe we just won't do it because people really never... I mean, it wasn't that interesting, but it, I mean, here's a number the thing. of people asked Here's us the thing. It. We see the stats. We know people are listening, but I think we still doubt that anybody's actually listening, listening. to this podcast. <laughs> We think they listen, but maybe they're not paying attention, right? That's like my kids, you know? I know they hear me, but they don't listen to me, and there's a difference. Exactly right. So our over-under for this week is going to be over-under number of goals scored this season by UNO. Okay. Total for the team. Okay. So you start. You get to take the over or the under. Uh, wait, wait, let's wait, go wait, what's our, over. Wait, what's, wait, what's our minimum on the over under? I was going to say. So oh, you're, oh you're number, getting to that. Okay. Our over number, our over under number, I think is going to be 40 goals for the season. Right? No, we've already scored 40 goals. Have we season. already scored 40? Maybe yeah. that's what I was thinking. I, I'll take over. <laughs> I'll take over on that one. Um, we've scored 40. Okay. We've scored, scored 44 goals. 44. So let's go over under. We're about halfway through the season. We are. Okay, so we have, we have, here's what I will tell you. We have 20 games left. We have 20 games left. We've so played 14. So Let's go well, over under 80. Okay. Now you have to think. Over under 80 goals for the well, season. Well, I'll take, I'll take over on that. You think we'll score more than 80? Yeah, okay. I think, I think we can score 36 more goals. Okay. This season. I, I'll take the under on it. Really? I think, unfortunately, I think that we'll be under. Um, if we're over, I think we have a better chance of winning when we get into NCHC play. But I uh, I look at Duluth and I look at St. Cloud that we have to go to. And Denver is usually pretty stymie on defense. So you're thinking... Um, yeah, so let me ask you. You're thinking like in the second half of the season, we've got to play. Obviously, play the, the intensity of play changes after the first of the year, and you're thinking, what if we have a situation like we had on Saturday night mm-hmm. where we get down, offensive production isn't happening, and we're playing it at some of the tough conference foes like Duluth, St. Cloud, even North Dakota, Denver. Yeah. It could be tough. That's that's why I think if you take the under on an 80, I think that's why you're taking the under is you're thinking that the level of play, unfortunately, is just going to bring down our, our production totals. Right. And we've seen that. We've seen it. It definitely is a different game after January 1st. Right. A lot of teams get a sense of urgency. Well, uh, and the... Rankings that we're not supposed to mention, yada, yada, yada stuff. I mean, those those teams start looking at that and looking at what they need to do. And, you know, the RPI factors into it and goals you score factor into your RPI. And so these teams do realize that you can squeeze out very, very small numbers on the pairwise from performing well and, and scoring a few well, extra goals. So, so here's well, here's what I'm going to say. Okay. We played 14 games. We scored 44 goals. <clears throat> That's what about a little over three goals per game. Yeah. Okay. So we had 20 more games. So I'm just gonna take 20 times three. 60. 60. 
So I'm going to say 104 goals on the season. 104 goals on the season. Yeah. I mean, we may get, I mean, who knows how many goals we're going to get. We've given up 62 goals already. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I don't know. I don't want to do the, the goals against one. We'll if I recall one. correctly, um, during our Frozen Four season, I believe we gave up 96, 97 goals all season. I was talking about that on the MapPug message board a oh, week yeah. or two ago. So the entire season we gave up. With Ryan Massa and that we gave up that many goals. So Jeez. So yeah, so I'm I'm gonna say over over the eighty. Yeah. And I think that's good. I think there's there's no way that we have success in the NCHC if we don't get over eighty goals in the season by the end by the time we're done. I think but you're right. But you could be I, right. It could be close to about eighty goals that we get if we only yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm taking the under, but I'm gonna say yeah. I'm not taking too far under. I'm thinking Right. Like 78, 79, maybe right. right at 80 or something. You just never, you know, after the, this weekend was really kind of an interesting one. Cause like I said, you and I were thinking sweep after the right. Arizona state series. I think you and I were excited. We were, we're starting to feel confident. Obviously they slipped back into some of their bad habits this weekend and you just never know what's going to happen. You know, depending on where UNO is record wise, what the motivation is going to be. There's a lot of things that, you know, still have to play out. So you never know what could happen in the second half of the season. And things get a little tighter, especially as you head towards March. So, yeah. Know. And you never know what you hit. That's the thing is you hit a hot goaltender and, you know, we could, it's happened to UNO before. We could go yep. in and go to North Dakota or something and end up coming home with one goal scored on an entire weekend. Yeah, so, absolutely. It's, We'll see. I hope that we get more than 80 because I think it means that we get we can squeeze out some wins. If we can break 100, I think you know we've got a, a good shot at having some nice wins in the yeah. second half of the season. Because um, it's going to be interesting. 20 games left. We've won four games so far. You know, if you're if you're yeah. looking like normally in your in the NCHC, if you're in that seven or overall as an NCHC team, if you're in that 17 to 18 win range, you're gonna you're gonna be kind of close in the end of season pairwise rankings, which we've well, mentioned that a lot, but you know what I'm saying? So it could be, that could be kind of an interesting, this, this might be the year. A lot of fans have said, is this going to be the year where we don't make the NCAA tournament, but we get to the NCHC frozen face off at the end. And that could happen this year, potentially. You know, we haven't, you know, we talk a lot about the ranking stuff and the NCAA as a whole, but right. we're actually not in that bad of a position. We're I mean, really we could have been, Things fell the way we won. We could have been in third place if we had won Saturday. Think about this. We've been, we've been, we're what, four, three, and two since November 1st? Mm-hmm. We're playing good hockey, a little bit over 500 hockey. Yeah. The team has turned it around. You know, they, I think they struggled early on in the season. The, the guys have really committed to, to putting the effort for the most part. And I think that, you know, and the thing is, they've, it's pro- a blip they've, on the radar. they've proven to us that they can, they can, be competitive. Right. They can play really good hockey. They can put points up. They can stop goals. Right. So we're sitting at this at the time of recording this podcast with this weekend's games, at least for the NCHC done. We're sitting at sixth place and we're tied with Cairo College, uh, seven points in the conference. We are in sixth just because we've played two fewer conference games than they have. And have the same number of points. We're only two points back of Denver and Western Michigan. Absolutely. And we're yeah. only five points back of Duluth and Miami. 
Absolutely. So five points back is one weekend. You have a good weekend where you get a sweep and they have a bad weekend. Or you get a sweep the weekend that Miami has to play Denver. Sure. We've just got to keep getting... The key is to keep Mm -hmm. getting points. Don't dig ourselves a hole. Just keep getting points. Because you figure Denver's not going to be last place in the conference. Or not Denver. I'm sorry. North Dakota's not going to be last place in the conference forever. You got to imagine, you got to expect that they're going to figure out what's wrong up there. And again, and, yeah, and again, it's one of those things where, you know, once January rolls around, a lot of teams start to play with a, a different sense of urgency than they played with, you right. know, before the holidays, you know. Now, the pessimist is saying our next game is against St. Cloud, the top team in the conference who has not lost the conference game yet. No, and as we're looking, you know, ahead at St. Cloud next weekend, they. You know, they got the, the regular season sweep over us last season. They won all four games. Mm-hmm. It was tough. My niece, Lauren, is in her second year as a student at St. Cloud. Trader. I don't know how that happened. I don't know why she went to St. Cloud. She's still obsessed with Omaha, but I don't know why she went to St. Cloud. Um, she's actually friends with uh, forward Ryan, Kevin Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald, yeah. On the... Uh, on the team. I always want to call him Ryan. She gives me a bad time about that. But yeah, so they're a good team with a good stable of forwards. Yep. They're going to be tough. And you and I, I, regular season in the NCHC, you and I picked them to win back in our very first episode. Did of we both podcast. pick them? I know I did, yeah. We did. And then I, I picked Duluth to repeat as the national champion. So, okay. so I could be totally right on that at the end, which is making me feel kind of good right now. But yeah, we'll St. See. Cloud's... St. Cloud's one of the class teams in the uh, conference as far as uh, performance goes. They... And it's the bigger sheet of ice going up there, so you yep. have to deal with and contend with that. And our defense seems to have struggled a lot, you know, playing players in space. And there's a lot of space when you have an Olympic-sized sheet of ice. And so there's a lot to be concerned about. So let's get to what you think is going to happen. I'm going to say, and I'm just going to base this on last season and base this on the fact that I had to sit by my niece who was cheering for both UNO and St. Cloud, which was the most annoyingly awkward and uncomfortable thing. So thanks a lot, Lauren. I'm going to say that we're going to get swept this weekend. I was the optimist last week. You and I both were. I'm going to say we're going to get swept this weekend. Um, We haven't faced them yet. Kind of like the Arizona State deal. The first series may be rough, but I think uh, we may be... uh, get some games against them the, yeah it's the first time, time we've see seen him. him we have to see him on the road first which right that's I think it's tough. always harder to see when you have a team that you know you're going to see twice two series right in a year it's hardest i think when you have to go to their house to play them first. sure i i think we're going to both be the pessimist this we were both optimists okay. last week we were both going to be pessimists this week i'm going to take that st cloud wins both games um Unfortunately, I just see them as being a better team. They play a better. They have more talent. I think that you look at guys: UNO Robbie Jackson, win, but... Ryan Paling. Yeah, good. T- uh, UNO defenseman John Schultz's brother, Jimmy Schultz. Let's see them play. That'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's college hockey. Um. So yeah, I don't. I unfortunately, I don't think. We get a win there, and we go into the break, a nice long winter break before we have to deal with Alaska. They're going to have the, yeah, they're going to have that holiday break remembering before the Anchorage series. It'd be great if they, if they play tough, 
They do the little things right. Right. Don't make a lot of mistakes. Stay out of the box. Don't get frustrated with the interesting officiating we've been seeing the last few weeks. Maybe There's a this, chance. Maybe this is the series that would go our way for a change. Guys like Olafson and Morelli, you know, put some pucks in the net for us. Evan has a fantastic weekend. They put Spinner with Weiss and they could see they right. could they could steal some point they could steal some points up there in St. Cloud this weekend. But but it'll be interesting to see uh, what exactly. Yeah, I think it's weird. We both we both think that they won't. You know, we both think they're going to come home. Unfortunately, with with two losses, but then both of us are like really hope we're wrong no we really want to see that that would be that'd be fantastic to see and i think that would really it's cliche but i've never wanted to be so wrong in my life i know yeah and that, that set a really good tone if they if they stole a few points up there Could going be, into uh, the second half i mean even if you split up there i think that's a huge momentum change for oh you i think that go into the second half of the season you get a uh, alaska you know coming in just to to tune up before you go on yep. a the sled of going through the NCHC teams and knowing then, that you split with, you gave them their first conference loss. So that's huge. And then do everything in your power to try to sweep it home and yeah. split on the road. Yeah. Oh yeah. You'll be home ice for sure. If you could sweep yeah. it home and split on the road, it'll just be interesting to see what happens. But I think this, this week will give us kind of an indication of where the team is at right. after a tough series against Colorado college. Yeah. Here. And they bounce back. So, yeah, and hey, we're 500 on the road in NCHC play this season so far. So There we go. Keep yep. it up. All right, anything else, John, before we sign off? Well, I always encourage people to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Follow Matt Puck on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I encourage you to listen to back episodes of our podcast, which are available on our website, mavpuck.com, which I redesigned this fall, so it's the all-new mavpuck.com. It's snazzy. It well, thank you very much. Very nice. And so you can find links to our social media channels and the podcasts on there. Um, and we're getting close to being able to claim our custom domain on 11. the MavPuckCast YouTube channel. So eleven, you need to subscribe to our YouTube channel so that we can get YouTube.com/channel/MavPuckCast because we're really tired of. Capital U, lowercase h yeah, underscore. Yeah, J-O-G, three, two, five. Yeah, it's it's really hard, and you're worried you're going to delete a character, and it's going to take you to some other random channel. So it'd be nice to have the word MavPuckCast there. So we'd really appreciate that. Um, and we really appreciate you guys listening and appreciate the support. So go Mavs. Go Mavs.